I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCain. And I'm not. Hello, folks. It's John Hogue, the other guy on the other podcast here. And I just saw in the Magic Indicator panel that we have been joined by Diana. How are you doing, young lady? I am good. I am really good. You How sound you? really good. You yeah. sound really good this evening. Stacy blogs at theothermccain.com. Yes, and you can find my good friend John Hogue blogging at hogwash.com where if you tune in and tune back uh, to Monday you can find uh, Diana's <laughs> blogging as a guest blogger yep yep we'll get, we'll get to that in just a minute but Stacy oh, has okay. to do all his you know opening part of the show stick so go ahead Stacy uh there's a stick <laughs> yeah, you yeah usually, there is yeah we do you usually do news from Valdosta. and then but but because we don't have any football for you to uh yeah rant well about. i mean the i mean the orioles lost to the cubs for the second time in a row so well i'm, I'm a cubs of, fan I'm what do you want bummed out but um uh let's see what do we have Oh my goodness, Brooks man charged in grandfather's death. Yep. This is terrible. A Brooks County man has been arrested and charged in the death of his grandfather. Uh, Brooks County Sheriff Mike Dewey requested the assistance of the GBI with murder that took place in the 100 block of Burnett Road in Brooks County, blah, blah, blah. The victim has been identified as Edward Sapp, who was shot and killed inside his residence. Uh, Alan Dale Rogers, who lives next door to Sapp mm. and is his grandson, has mm. been arrested in connection with Sapp's death. Rogers, 29 is charged with murder, aggravated assault, and possession of a firearm during the commission of a crime. Notice they managed to tag him with a crime that had nothing to uh, do per se with what he did, but he had a gun. Yes, well, anyways, Brooks County, that's Quitman, Georgia, mm -hmm. uh, where this uh, where this occurred. But uh, mm -hmm. that's terrible to shoot your own grandfather, man. You well, know... Uh, people around here do the most, it, it's very strange because we can never figure out how on earth this happens, but it's, it's like um, somebody shot his uncle the uh, about a year ago now. Um, it was eight o'clock in the morning and uh, the, the, the idiot evidently has no idea how he did it. Oh, but his, uh, his uncle survived and was very annoyed, but... <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well, yes, I've been annoyed when people shot at me. 
so I far they believe it. So far they've missed. But well, speaking <laughs> of news from Georgia, yeah, and the uh, as somebody noted, uh, being a first-time delegate in Towns County, which is known for flying cars and not much else. Take it away, <laughs> Diana. <laughs> Well, the first thing that we need to note here is that this was my first time um, going. I've been a delegate as a uh, precinct in the precinct uh, caucuses. I've been to the county and I've been to the district. I have been a I have been a cheerful rebel at the uh, at from time to time in the uh, at, at the district level. Um, anyway. Um, so we got up really, really early and we showed up for, we showed up at the, uh, we showed up there. You, we drove three hours to get to Columbus. And I have to say this was a longish drive. Um, but there we were. And the, when we got there, parking was crazy. Rod, you know, said out, out, go, <laughs> you know, go get us registered. So, um, what I found was that the portions that were not affected by security were beautifully set up, very efficient. You walked up, you showed your ID, they gave you your badge and said, have a nice day. But then um, the security line was, I, I was in it for over three hours because they had, when we started, two metal detectors. They found a third and started a line for people to, uh, for people who had no bags. Um, anyway, we got in and um, took forever to do anything because everybody's walking around, kibitzing, um, politicking, chatting, doing all this stuff. And then Trump finally arrives, speaks the way that Trump speaks, says a lot of things you agree with wholeheartedly and rambles and repeats himself and goes back to points and um, takes more swipes at DeSantis than he does at Biden. But, you know, it's sort of like, I guess, you know, it's a, a being in a battle of wits with an un unarmed man. I don't know. Anyway, um, everything, finally, we finally get Trump out of there. Yay, yay, yay. And um, then we get to the business of the meeting where we're electing our new state officers. And this is where the, where my take on this differs just a teeny perhaps from the take that everybody that I'm seeing in various media. We weren't rabid, we weren't unpleasant, we weren't awful, but the mood of the convention was this, if you're not up for the fight, go home. Um, we weren't taking uh, the slate that they were offering us. I think not a single one of the other of the officers who they were uh, who they were had on the initial slate offered got elected except the new chairman Josh McCoon. And personally, I'm going to write to Josh and remind him of a promise he made. He wears in all his publicity photos. He wears this absolutely hideous jacket, and I, I made him promise that he would burn that jacket if he got elected. And I'm going to hold him to that promise. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what yeah. was your what was your experience though in in dealing with the the uh, Secret Service? Okay, um, the, they had uh, some harassed but efficient TSA people there searching our bags. They had a couple. They had some guys in uniform who waved wands at us. 
And we had a lot of guys in suits with eyeing us uh, an increasingly overheated and cranky crowd with uh, cool suspicion. You yeah. know, I, I have to say from my experience on the campaign trail, I love hmm. the early part of the primaries where everybody's just available and you can walk right up to the candidates mm -hmm. and shake hands with them. And then uh, somebody becomes the front runner and they acquire mm -hmm. secret service and you have to go through that damn metal detector oh. bullshit. Well, uh, you know, my experience actually goes back on this uh, from covering a real election campaign goes back from when I 55 years when I was uh, working in radio and in 1968, uh, Bobby Kennedy, before he got shot, but after K the King assassination, showed up mm. in Nashville, and he did have Secret Service protection at that point. Uh, uh, and uh, it was interesting, uh, because he was speaking in the gym at Vanderbilt, which is the largest uh, uh, facility that was available for him to speak in uh, at the time, I and uh, I was with the campus radio station. They were the, the Secret Service was actually on my turf. I was in the building ahead of them. But it was interesting. Mm. This is before metal detectors and all that stuff. But they gave us uh, press. Our press badges were about five inches square with our picture in the center of it. And we wore it hanging on our chest. It was an obvious target. Uh, mm. Uh, mm. But, but, you know, e even at that point, they were difficult to work with but then again they just you know they were five years away from a, a presidential assassination and king had just been shot you yeah. know, down the road in memphis but it, 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 it <laughs> didn't was help bobby kennedy did it uh well you know uh hey uh three weeks later in los angeles he had a problem uh with security <laughs> so uh yeah. now we and now we have problems uh with the gun control act We'll get to that later. Um, well, I have to tell you that if they had just said, you know, if you weren't wearing a delegate's badge, you weren't coming in, it probably would have worked just fine. Um, it, it was ludicrous. It was a ludicrous situation. And we had, um, I hate to say it, but there, in a lot of cases, our people, our delegates, some of them are older and some of them have mobility issues. And asking people um, to stand out in a line for three hours who are that old and that fragile. Uh, we're lucky that none of our people had, none of our older people had any issues. Yep. Well, 55 years ago, you know, I was in much better shape. I wouldn't put mm. up with uh, the sort of stuff. I would just, you know, let somebody else do the th do it. Uh, anyway, but that, you know. I'm anti-Californication, <laughs> so yeah. I had to do it. <laughs> On the other hand, on the other hand, uh, I have actually never voted for Trump, but I have voted against Hillary and against Joe mm -hmm. Biden. And Joe Biden's already making campaign promises for next year. Uh, I had a a, a post up uh, about uh, it was called "I'll Bet This Won't Age Well." It was a tweet that uh, Biden had up. Uh, I guess it was on Tuesday. Yeah, Friday the thirteenth was on Tuesday this mm -hmm. week, this month. Um, basically, he he has a thing out. Uh, that says no one underlined in red making ah. less than $400,000 a year will pay. And then circled in red a penny more in federal taxes. And, <laughs> um, you know, uh, basically in 2023, the cap on FICO wages went mm. up uh, 
uh, like uh, seventeen thousand dollars. I think it, it did. Was. It's like one hundred and sixty thousand now. Yeah, and which meant that uh, at six percent, that's a thousand dollar increase that anybody mm -hmm. making more than one hundred forty-seven. That there's a lot of people. I mm -hmm. mean, the one hundred forty at one hundred forty-seven thousand a year, you're not quite in the upper five percent. Uh, not so, quite. <laughs> but uh, uh, but you know, uh, it hit me. And um, uh, so uh, I can tell you right now, because of a statutory formula that increases it every year, that's mm -hmm. going to go up next year. Now, it may not go up. That was the record percentage increase ever, but it's going to go up some. And so mm -hmm. there are going to be a whole lot of people who make less than $400,000 a year going to pay more in federal taxes. By the way, some, uh, you know, uh, what do you want to bet that they'll manage to raise the federal gas tax? Oh, oh they yeah. will. I mean, about the only thing that that has gone down, uh, gone away in terms of federal taxes in my lifetime is about about 20 years ago, they got rid of the luxury tax on telephone service that was instituted <laughs> in uh, uh, in uh, 1898 to help fund the Spanish-American War. <laughs> but, but speaking of older things that didn't age well, just before the uh, the election in 2020, Dr. Jill uh, tweeted, decency is on the ballot. Uh, yeah, and that meant he was disqualified. <laughs> but uh, but uh, the, uh, the, 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 my refrain this entire month, uh, whenever it's subjects like decency it, uh, have come up is, yeah, and when will greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, and sloth get their month? Mm-hmm. You know, but that's, you know, that's what we're going to get there. <laughs> we're going to oh, talk boy. about a few of the pride uh, month events. Yes, later. Well, anyway, but the other thing, of course, that uh, Biden is still trying to run on, you know, he they haven't figured out yet that gun control is a losing issue uh, for the uh, for the Democrats now. And, but that so, so knowing that that's coming, uh, I'm, I, I, I asked the question later uh, or, or later in the week, but I think it was yesterday, day before yesterday, a common sense gun control question. And that's where any of the universal background checks run on members of the Taliban who acquired uh, M4 carbines or M16 rifles after Biden left them mm. in the, in the of course uh, not. Afghanistan. Well, you know, you never can tell. But I, you know, there's the... The, the the liberals just won't let go of gun control. They just oh, certainly not. Did you know that sixty five percent of the people murdered in the last ten years were killed by handguns? Would it make you feel any better, little girl, if they was pushed out of windows? <laughs> Defenestration, yes. very popular in Eastern Europe. Yeah, that's uh, from a nineteen seventy two <laughs> episode of. Um, all in the family with uh, George and uh, his daughter. George. Uh, I'm, I'm Archie. 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 Why did I say George? I don't know. I'm, 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 my brain is fading here. But anyways, but yeah. That's old age. Would it make you feel any better, little girl, if they were pushed out of windows? Well, the, the thing is, is that it's interesting, uh, you know, in in that era, we're only we're within five years of the Gun Control Act of '68 at that point, right. and mm -hmm. the big deal was handguns. You know what? But, the but Saturday I, Night Special. I yeah, remember but, that hysteria. Yes, but, yeah. 
But it, it, it's interesting. Uh, now, over the last 30 years, it's been about rifles. Oh, Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's in, and in 19... But the fact is, no, is rifles... But, but in nineteen, but in the nineteen thirties, um, it was machine guns. Well, no, actually, machine guns were were a gimme. What they were really trying to ban in in, in the National Firearms Act were rifles and shotguns, long guns. <laughs> and they realized that they uh, uh, the, the 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 thing they were afraid of is that people would buy a handgun and put a long barrel and a stock on it, and that's the reason why short barreled rifles uh, got <laughs> got banned. And, and so it's interesting. The whole thing is they want to, they want to take away your means to resist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but the, um, uh, but the rhetoric about gun violence, it focuses on the gun, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, Democrats have the attitude toward criminals that Victor Frankenstein had toward his <laughs> monster. Okay, in other words, that you remember the scene where the uh, uh, the the torch waving uh, villagers show up at uh, Frankenstein's castle, and he's protecting the monster. Okay, you know because he owns it, and and that's how. Um, uh, Democrats are with their talk about mass incarceration. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, we socially can't. friendly elements. Yeah. Anyways, but um, uh, the situation is is that, um, uh, but the thing is that crime is a people problem. I I keep explaining this to people, and they simply will not listen to me or, or apparently I, uh, I'm failing to communicate that if you can identify the criminals and put them behind bars, okay? See, this is just it. It doesn't matter what you lock them up for, okay? <laughs> Get them off the bleeping streets, okay? Anyways, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm well, ranting but, 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 here. Well, at least we do well, have to yeah. wait for them to have commit some first crime. But, but they commit crimes every day. They wake up in yes. the morning. They perpetrate all day long. But see then here, go to bed Stacey, and dream of the crimes they'll perpetrate tomorrow. Stacy, Absolutely though, true. Stacy, on the other hand, you know, it's been... Uh, pointed out uh, in books like Ham Sandwich Nation, you know, where the idea you can die to ham sandwich if you're a good mm-hmm. prosecutor. The thing is that almost everybody commits three or four felonies a day. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so... Um, Five felonies and, a day, whether you Chicago, know it or you don't know it. <laughs> in Chicago, they were using shot spotter. Do you know what shot spotter is? It's I a, do. It's a, a, a technology that uses audio sensors to identify uh, gunfire locations. It was originally developed during the actually the First World War as a way of uh, locating enemy artillery pieces. Mm-hmm. It's uh, been uh, uh, modernized and improved to where you can uh, catch people shooting firecrackers. Accidentally. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so so this is one tool that the cops had to try to suppress gun violence because Democrats keep saying, right? Oh, we want to stop gun violence. Well, in July 2022, the MacArthur Justice Center brought a class action lawsuit against the city of Chicago, the police department, 
and various officers claiming constitutional violations in connection with the use of shot spotter, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, they claim that they're using these alerts from the shot spotter system to justify scores of illegal stops and arrests. The lawsuit also alleges that Chicago's shot spotter policy is, wait for it, racially discriminatory because the system was only implemented in areas with the highest concentration of black and Latino residents. And I oh. reacted to this with one of those all caps rants. This is where all the shootings keep happening. Okay. If you want to stop gun violence, you focus on the places where gun violence happens, okay? Yeah. If you, Koreans and Lithuanians and Jews were shooting each other every day, maybe you'd put something in their neighborhood. But reality, <laughs> reality, people, who is shooting whom in Chicago? Mayor Johnson, <laughs> elected a month ago, uh, has presided over a 38% increase in crime in the city. Mm. In the last month, one month, the crime has gone up 38%. And as I said, Mayor Willy Wonka is living in a world of pure imagination. Okay, quote, there has been a lot of mischaracterization of our young people in Chicago. <laughs> Do we have individuals who have lived out their pain in the most violent ways, of course. But the vast majority of our young people need and want opportunity. <laughs> just, God, opportunity you know, to do what? What carjack? You know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, if the Russians, you know, instead of invading Ukraine, if they had invaded Chicago, Okay, maybe, you know, when I, I don't know, man, it's just, but God, I just get tired. Anyways, I, I find myself uh, referring to the final scene of Repo Man, who makes, the, the film makes another appearance later in the podcast, but there's the scene, Otto, if you know the story, Otto yeah. is this aimless punk who gets a job working for a repo man, that mm -hmm. is repossessing cars where people have failed to make the payment. So, mm -hmm. so he's got this job and one of his punk buddies, he's in a, he's in a uh, convenience store. When one of his punk buddies comes in to rob the place. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately for his friend, Duke, um, uh, the, um, uh, Clerk happened to have a pistol handy, whips it out, and fatally shoots uh, Duke. So as he's bleeding out, uh, um, um, Otto goes over and hears his last words. Quote, I know a life of crime has led me to this sorry fate, and yet I blame society. Society made me what I am. Gee, Officer Krupke. Yeah, it's the <laughs> punk way to go. When I first wrote about this years ago, it's like, it's a, this is the typical. It's Otto's punk. response, though, that's absolutely deadly. 
What bullshit, do Duke. He says, bullshit, Duke. You're just a suburban white punk like me. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but on the other hand, this is, you know, we were talking about Chicago <laughs> and its yeah. alleged, alleged governance. I'm reminded, though, of... Uh, William F. Buckley's comment that he would rather be governed by the first 200 people listed in the Boston Telephone Directory (laughs) than the Harvard faculty. (laughs) And and there's your lead into the next one. And speaking of Harvard, (sighs) uh, the headline on my uh, article is, Do do Ghouls and Witches Count for Diversity and Inclusion at Harvard? And it's illustrated... uh, (laughs) Very interestingly, uh, uh, with three of the suspects who were charged uh, in, but with federal felony charges um, uh, for uh, uh, conspiracy and interstate transport of stolen goods. Okay, what were the stolen goods? They were human remains. Stolen from Harvard Medical School. Um, Cedric Lodge, who managed the morgue for the anatomical gifts program at Harvard Medical School, stole organs and other parts of cadavers, donated for medical research, um, transported stolen remains from Boston, Uh, to his residence in New Hampshire, where he and his wife sold the remains to Katrina McLean, Mm -hmm. Joshua Taylor, and others. We have um, uh, some pictures of uh, some of the um, individuals involved in this, including Jeremy Pauly. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, that, that's going to be a great scene in the court, you know, where, where the lawyer tries to say, uh, ignore, tells the jury, don't look at my client, okay, uh, with half of his face tattooed, okay? Well, uh, uh, too but if, you look at, if, if you look at the piercings uh, in his lower lip, the guy really doesn't want to have to take a punch. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, he, he's got spikes in his head, gauged ears. He has dyed the um, not what what is it the uh, uh, he has dyed his eye black. Okay, I don't know how they do this, but he has basically had his eyes tattooed. So that is so weird and sick yeah. and painful. Well, it's not as weird as the fact that um, um, uh, Polly and. Uh, one of the other people charged, Matthew Lampy, exchange over a hundred thousand dollars in online payments. There is apparently a big business uh, being done in dead body parts uh, for these ghoulish creatures, including uh, Katrina McLean, who is from Salem. Massachusetts. Now, now, wait a minute. Salem is not where the Salem witch trial, witch hunt actually happened. That's actually Danvers, Massachusetts. But don't worry about it. Go on. Anyways, well, well, uh, she she uh, was selling oddities um, and and creepy creations, as she called them, at (sighs) the witch city consignment store. 
um, uh, and, and was uh, on, on Instagram was saying, uh, if you're in the market for human bones, hit me up. <laughs> and all I can say is maybe the Salem witch hunters were on to something. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I was going to cue the Twilight Zone theme, but I thought better of it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Actually, you know, it's just like this, the weird, the thing about this that really gets me is that um, it, the thing about that story, it's like I'm reading it and my response was, okay, these people are weird, but they're doing land office business. They're making a living at this. And $100,000, if you're exchanging over $100,000, that means that a lot more money is coming in to make it worth it. Okay, yeah, what's the, this is bad the enough. They're the middlemen. Who are their customers? It worries me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, you know, follow the money. It's oh. witchcraft and voodoo all the way down, man. Oh. You know, and it's funny because most of the voodoo practitioners I've, I've met in my life, and there aren't very many, don't generally speaking futz around with dead body parts. They're just as far that would as be you dumb. Know. No, well, not that, that's not dumb. that's not that's not voodoo. They're that, mm -hmm. uh, they are they are more into uh, mm -hmm. the use of uh, effigies and dolls. But yeah, uh, the, uh, uh, it's more image magic. Also, um, there's a lot of invoking the loa. There's a lot of um, bargaining that's done, but. Um, even if you're invoking Samadhi, the uh, the Baron Baron Samadhi, uh, Lord of the Graveyard, he, he's he's got plenty of dead bodies. He doesn't need yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. On the other hand, you know, like I said, these people are Sorry. running a business. They're not the only people on the internet running businesses. <laughs> there are other people who ah. do that too. And Stacy, you should tell the folks about the yellow button. Uh, folks, I have no bones to sell. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but what I do have is the yellow button. If you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com, you will notice near the top of the center column a yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, pesos, euros, yen, shekels, whatever currency you've got except Russian rubles. Um, in uh, it will take it at PayPal, and you can contribute to help support the blog, uh, to help support the podcast, uh, mm -hmm. but most of all, to keep my wife happy, because she likes it mm -hmm. when I make money off this gig, and keeping <laughs> my wife happy is uh, job number one. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's blog, Hogwash. Com. I do not have a yellow button, but I do have over in the sidebar on the right uh, a tip jar icon. Click on that. You'll be taken away to my PayPal account where you can help support Hogwash or this podcast, or you can just be nice to me and give me money. That would be nice, too. <laughs> um, you can also support the blog by shopping at the Hogwash store. There's a link you can click on in the sidebar there, or you can use the Amazon shopping links that you'll find at Hogwash and the other McCain and other fine websites around the interwebs. Uh, when you use those links, the blogger gets a small reaction, a, a nice thing that Amazon does to support the blogosphere. Regardless, though, of how you choose to support us, 
please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Indeed. And the tip jar, you'll notice, has, uh, you know, it's, it's, you always salt a tip jar to make people think mm -hmm. that they're doing it. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's full of tins. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is all about but, the, no, it is all about the Hamiltons. And mm -hmm. in the case of the next story, Hamilton's uh, father-in-law. Yes, yes, yes. Last Saturday, a week ago, the city of Albany, New York, removed from in front of their city hall a statue, which had stood there for nearly 100 years, of General Philip Schuyler. Mm -hmm. Now, um, Philip Schuyler... Um, uh, was came from one of the old Dutch families that settled the Hudson Valley of mm -hmm. New York. Okay, he was uh, descended from the patroons, as they had been called, mm -hmm. uh, uh, who uh, came over from the Netherlands and mm -hmm. uh, were granted uh, uh, huge tracts of land. Mm -hmm. uh, this is back when it was uh, contested New about whether it was Dutch or English. No, this was before the English even showed up in New York. I mean, this was it was uncontested at the time. This was Dutch territory. Okay, the the Hudson River. So, um, but anyways. Uh, uh, I have got a lot. If you will go to the blog mm -hmm. and look for no heroes for you, Whitey. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I talk about uh, the illustrious uh, career and the family mm -hmm. connections of uh, General Schuyler, his role in the Continental Congress and uh, his um, uh, role in especially uh, the Battle of Saratoga and mm -hmm. the Battle of Saratoga. And, and most Americans know nothing about the battles of the uh, American Revolution. We are uh, amazingly ignorant, aren't we? Yes. We? Um, okay. All too many of us. All too more, many of us. Uh, more people have learned about that campaign through uh, a play by George Bernard Shaw than they have from their <laughs> history books. Okay. Well, anyways, the... Uh, Battle of Saratoga uh, was uh, where General Burgoyne and his entire army, Gentleman Johnny, and that uh, that resulted in uh, France officially recognizing uh, American independence, which was crucial uh, mm -hmm. in terms of the ultimate outcome of the war. So, so, uh, and meanwhile, meanwhile. Uh, General Schuyler's daughter married a young officer on uh, General Washington's staff, namely Alexander Hamilton. So General mm -hmm. Schuyler was the uh, a, a very, uh, probably the most eminent person uh, ever associated with Albany, New York. Mm -hmm. And they took his statue down because, of course, he owned slaves. About seventeen of them, uh, according to uh, researchers, and uh, and so uh, the uh, at the there was nothing remarkable or controversial about his Father. status as a slave owner. Okay, at the time, okay, mm -hmm. this was just how business was done, and it wasn't mm -hmm. it wasn't anything malicious to it. 
uh, at all. And, um, and obviously in the 1920s, uh, when this statue was resurrected, uh, was erected, first put up mm -hmm. in front of Albany City Hall. At that time, uh, gosh, why would they have done it in the 1920s? Oh, the 150th anniversary, anniversary. of the American Revolution was mm -hmm. coming up. Da-da! And so, so they thought that, that they would uh, celebrate the most eminent local figure associated mm -hmm. um, with uh, the uh, American uh, Revolution. Yes, yeah. right, right. And so, and so, mm -hmm. this was why uh, it was done. And uh, but oh my goodness, he had slaves. And, and, and this is something that, by the way, uh, most people don't know is that at the time of the first census mm -hmm. in 1790, there mm -hmm. were over twenty thousand slaves in the state of New York, including 3,000 in Albany County, mm -hmm. uh, of, of whom um, uh, 17 were owned by uh, General Schuyler. And, and, but um, uh, this idea, well, why did this suddenly come up? Well, it came up during the George Floyd riots. Oh. Okay, and the, during the George Floyd riots, uh, the mayor, who is a twit, <laughs> uh, and I, I, I'm not going to choose a different consonant uh, a vowel, uh, which I could, to describe Mayor Kathy Sheehan, a twit, mm. um, and some other things I could call her, uh, claimed that scores of community members had reached out to her office uh, demanding a symbolic acknowledgement of whatever. Um, oh, who cares? You know, and so and so uh, she promised that, and but then the statue never moved, and then suddenly uh, on Friday, uh, that you know a week ago Friday, the local paper said, "Hey, Kathy, you promised that statue was going to be taken down." The next day, the crew showed up, boom, it was gone. So uh, yeah, but that was a that was a that was symbolic. And the, 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 that's the difference, that, though, between... How do you talk about history if you, don't, if you make it disappear? I don't get this. Well, because you're not talking about what actually happened. You're talking about the power you can exercise now. Aren't it's you a, dumb. Aren't you a, but didn't you meet enough Marxists when you were in California? Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yes. But, yeah, but, but, so, but you see, the whole thing has to do with white supremacy, which yeah, leads right. me to uh, quoting Pinky uh, when he <laughs> responded uh, uh, this, um, uh, the 14th, I guess, uh, Wednesday uh, this week. I think so, Brain, but is preferring Chardonnay a form of white supremacy? And I would, I guess that would be the wrong question, uh, wrong thing to ask in the Napa Valley. But, <laughs> Among but, others, but. But it might get me canceled. Yeah, like <laughs> the Punisher, the no, Punisher, no. has been canceled after after uh, a a fifty year run dating back to the nineteen seventies. No. Marvel Comics uh, has decided to get rid of the popular cartoon character, mm -mm. the Punisher. Why? Because he was popular. 
with conservatives. Yep. That's why. And you know, and here's where it gets really bad. They couldn't even just kill him. No, he couldn't go out in a blaze of glory. They had to humiliate and and emasculate him. No, it was horrible. It's, it's and disgusting. I, I, I didn't even quote on there uh, that part of the uh, story, but um, uh, but they. Had what do you want to bet they keep uh, uh, licensing the uh, skull logo? Right, right, right. Oh, oh, they're going to maintain their their trademark. Yeah. Uh, oh. But, but apparently, the thing that uh, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back was uh, seeing the Punisher logo, and it, if you're familiar with it, it's a sort of a skull mm -hmm. symbol. Uh, the Punisher mm -hmm. logo was uh, seen at the January sixth protest, and yeah, and sure. And so uh, Marvel Comics uh, has basically uh, canceled the Punisher. And I don't so, think Frank Castle is all that is all that uh, cancelable. He's well, more likely you know, to go and grab another few guns. But see, this is this is the the whole Marvel universe is just I being know. destroyed. It's being well destroyed. since Disney bought it. Yeah, yeah, Disney yes. bought it, and every everything is getting well, blackwashed or look, can't or gayed out. Or, look what or, happens when they happened to Star Wars when they got their hands right. Oh, can we, that's Kathleen Kennedy, and I can't even think about that without starting to seethe. Mm. Well, speaking of seething, mm. the city of New York <laughs> is in chaos as the New York police commissioner has resigned. Uh, uh, Keyshawn uh, Sewell, I think I'm pronouncing her name correct, um, uh, was uh, chosen as the first female police uh, commissioner of mm. New York by uh, newly elected mayor, Eric Adams. Um, and what caused this, what led to this uh, resignation, there were um, many things. And keep in mind, Eric Adams only been in office a few months. Okay. So, so uh, this didn't take very long. Um, uh, Sewell's authority became more tenuous after she sided with the city's Civilian Complaint Review Board's decision to discipline Chief of Department Jeffrey Madry, the department's highest-ranking uniformed officer. Madry, who was found by the police civilian watchdog to have abused his authority in a 2021 gun case, was highly regarded at City Hall, which, quote, wanted him to get a pass, okay? And so apparently uh, the new commissioner didn't want to uh, give um, Jeffrey Maddie, Chief Jeffrey Madry, uh, a pass. Well, um, it's absolutely crazy what this 2021 gun case was actually <laughs> about. It involved a retired cop named uh, Kreethoff, Forrester, I get the officer, mm -hmm. or Forrester. Um, and uh, there were uh, three kids who were, quote unquote, horsing around uh. Uh, uh, the night before Thanksgiving on the, the, you know, it was night. Okay. So one of these three uh, kids doing out after dark. 
And they knocked <laughs> out the surveillance camera in front of Forrester's family um, uh, uh, real estate business in Brooklyn. Okay, that's that's what it was. Now, why would you want to knock out a surveillance camera? Huh? But they were just horsing around. Uh-huh, sure. Right, 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 right. Anyways, well, Forrester grabbed his pistol and went chasing after them. And uh, uh, it scared the bejesus out of them. And one of them called the cops and uh, and they arrested him. And uh, then Chief Madry shows up at the precinct house and said, "No, nah, let him go. We're not gonna, we're not gonna bust him for that scaring some kids. This is what we want." And and by the way, when I was a kid, I'm not going to um, make any uh, violate my own uh, Fifth Amendment <laughs> right to remain silent. But let me tell you something. I know well, what it means to run for your life. Well, on the other hand, the kids were claiming that he shot at them. But he and, didn't. But, well, we know there's no, that. Well, we don't know that, but there's no evidence to support that he did because uh, uh, there's no, uh, there is some recording of the audio apparently from the surveillance camera that's pointing in the wrong direction, but there's no recording of a gunshot and there's no mm -hmm. evidence that the pistol was ever, was fired. Nope. So yeah. the guy it's is a, innocent. It's an absolute nothing burger. Okay, right, right. it's like and, and where I come from, man. Oh my goodness, you you go destroying some, vandalizing someone's property in the middle of the night. Yeah, you know? oh, you'd be lucky if all you get is scared to death. I mean, you know, you <laughs> could die that way where I come from, but uh, maybe uh, things ain't like that no more. But uh, well, yeah, don't try it here in Maryland because uh, Maryland mm. is one of those states where you don't have the right to protect property. Yeah, well, mm. all that I all that I have to uh, 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 say uh, for anyone still living in New York is very simple: get out before it's too late. Pack those bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, um, the uh, you know, if you look at the decrease in the populations of uh, New York, <laughs> Illinois, and Texas, and the increase in the populations. I mean, not Texas, uh, California, and the increase mm. in the population of Texas, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, guess what? <laughs> and it's interesting, though, uh, in the states that have party registration, uh, the, uh, the, the increase in Republican registration is all, in Florida over the last few years is almost exactly in, equal to the increase, to the decrease in regist Republican registration in New York. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, you know, the, the thing about being afraid that it was uh, uh, blue voters moving. No, it's the red uh, voters decamping from the states that are becoming. Got to get blue, out. Uh, mm -hmm. Become bluer still. Mm -hmm. So they got to get out. If yeah. you are, if you're red, I, I mean, I was reading this week that a, uh, um, the Apple Valley uh a representative who is in California, who is, by the way, uh, very much a Republican, is at the end of the, his term this year, is not running for re-election, and he's leaving. Wouldn't surprise me. Everybody I know who's ever lived in Apple Valley's left the state. Um, I think my, I, yeah, I've got friends still there, but they're only there 
because uh, the lady's going through cancer treatment, so you yeah. know they yeah. can't. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, my 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 lawyer uh, when he was uh, a early part of high school's family got moved to Apple Valley, and they left after nine months. <laughs> All right. Well, really? uh, that's yeah. nostalgia for the old days in California. Well, ah. Yeah. Look, I I I saw the way it was headed. When I was there, uh, I was there essentially the eight years that I tried. Uh, Duke Majan was uh, was governor, and when mm. when Wilson got elected governor, I saw the way things were headed, and I bailed. And you know what? Uh, I got You've out. Never while the regretted was, it. Oh, you talk, you talk about the nadir of wokeness. They ain't remotely close to what they're yeah, going to pull uh, off. We're way <sighs> down the slippery slope in California, where they're getting yeah. ready to mandate insurance coverage for gay men hiring women to be surrogate baby makers. They're calling Crazy. this fertility equality for LGBT <laughs> oh, people. Oh, oh. Well, it's, at least it's an admission of, of some of the facts of life and science. <laughs> Freshman State Senator Carolyn Manivar who co-authored the bill with Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks, both of them Democrats, said, quote, it will ensure that queer couples no longer have to pay more out of pocket to start families than non-queer families. Okay, so, so you got that? The reason that you can't start a family, according to these people, is because you're queer. Uh, and, and, well, see, there's some accuracy to that. Well, but but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is it 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 it, it posits queerness as uh, as a, a, such a fixed and permanent identity, right? You know, I mean, we know how to make babies. Okay, I I, I don't have to <laughs> give you a lesson on the birds and bees stuff here. Well, so, the problem is not that we have to te uh, teach our kids about the birds. And bees. We also have to teach them about the birds and birds and the bees and bees and the bird who thinks it's a bee and the bee who yeah. thinks it's a bird but still has a stinger. And uh, no, <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, but but the point is, is that is that nothing, and I do mean nothing is preventing anyone, whatever their identity may be, or however they identify, whatever their preference may be, you can still do that thing by which babies are made, okay? You just <laughs> have to find a willing partner. And they want to they wanna pretend like, oh, well, we've got to do I IVF and then freeze the eggs and then hire a donor and get an egg donor uh, for for the surrogate mom, and you start adding up what this is going to cost, okay, in terms of insurance premium. And by the way, everybody complained. Everybody's noticed it. Obama, mm -hmm. Obama said, well, if you like your plan, you can keep your plan, right? <laughs> okay, which was wrong. <laughs> well, but, but the, the, yeah, you think about what this is going to do to medical insurance. Well, I think oh, you yeah, can, I think you can. Uh, uh, draw, if you're uh, wondering why your premiums keep going up, it's because of the mandates. Well, no, mm -hmm. it's not the fact that premiums are going up. <clears throat> there are 
several large insurance companies that will no longer uh, uh, take any more uh, property insurance policies in San Francisco. Very true. Right. So it's it's not that it's it, people will get out. Companies will get out of the insurance business rather than have this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't understand, by the way, at the time, at the time, what was all this bullshit? Okay. About, uh, you know, uh, pre-existing conditions. Do you remember this? Pre-existing conditions. Well, yeah. We I... need coverage for pre-existing conditions. And I'm like, <sighs> what are they talking? Why do they keep saying this? You know, I've had, you know, I had a job. I've got insurance coverage. Most people have jobs. They have insurance companies. If they don't have jobs. I can't jobs, buy life insurance because I've had, I have a pre-existing condition. I've had three heart attacks. No one will sell me life insurance. That's what uh, pre-existing conditions are. Can't say I blame them. <laughs> okay. You should have and done then, it earlier, and, John. And, 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 and then having, no, and then, then having uh, a law that says you ha they have to insure me anyway. What that does is in order to keep the company solvent, they have to increase everybody's premium enough mm -hmm. to pay for uh, the risk taking me. Uh, what I was saying was, is that at the time of, you know, at the Obamacare, you know, debate insofar as there actually was a, a debate. What debate? When that was going on, I was like, why do they keep talking about pre-existing conditions, right? What was it going? Hello, we're there. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm talking about? No, that, that I, I see how you. Uh, uh, the well, clients I... of the Democratic Party. Okay, include gay people with AIDS who were afraid that they couldn't get hired because they couldn't get insurance. Okay, pre-existing conditions well, of treatment for AIDS at the time. Okay, was very expensive. Okay, and so they want to mandate coverage for things that pe that insurance. No, actually, couldn't. it goes back earlier than that, uh, Stacy, and it has to do with people like me who, when they mm -hmm. changed jobs, uh, could not, uh, even though they had uh, an insurance, uh, when they went to a new job, lost it. And, mm -hmm. uh, and one, one of the things that when I was getting my insurance through an, uh, health insurance through an employer, I had to make sure that it never lapsed even a day. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I would, be, I would not be covered. And, and that's, that's what's going on now. But what they're, what they're trying to do here is make this a, a, a medical condition. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I suppose you could argue it's a psychiatric condition, but, but this is an appropriate treatment for the, for the mental disorder. Mm -hmm. In any I case, don't know. Uh, any, anyway, it's, it, look, it's, 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 it's California, especially San Francisco, which leads us uh, to what, uh, uh, Pinky said, uh, on the 15th of the month, I think so brain, but won't closing all the stores cause unemployment among the shoplifters? <laughs> Do we care? And speaking of which, uh, <laughs> uh, well, yes, uh, Biden, former Biden administration. Oh, yes. Brenton, uh, keeps getting arrested for uh, <laughs> stealing, stealing women's luggage. <laughs> yeah. And, and I had a post this week, um, uh, uh, where I was uh, talking about um, uh, talking about uh, all I wanted was a Pepsi, mm. okay. which is a line from a song. It's a punk rock song that I first heard. My friend George Har Hall played it for me. 
Um, uh, and uh, it was on the soundtrack of the movie Repo Man. It was by a group called mm -hmm. Suicidal Tendencies. Tendencies. Yes, and, and it's called Institutionalized, okay? Mm -hmm. And if you've ever heard it, we used to just laugh out mm -hmm. loud when he got, Ma, all I wanted was a Pepsi. I'm not crazy. You're the one that's crazy. And and, it, and it's hilarious uh, in a way, in a dark way, okay? Because uh, toward the end in the bridge, he says, so you're going to be institutionalized. You'll come out brainwashed with bloodshot eyes. You won't have any say. They'll brainwash you until you see their way. And this is what we're dealing with. And I was driving around the other morning thinking about this. Is that, is that um, this is what we're dealing with, with this gay rights bullshit. Excuse my... Uh, the Wait. whole Pride Month thing. Good yeah. heavens. Why have Bud's Light sales plummeted? Why is Target being boycotted? Why are all these lousy, woke movies bombing at the box office? Because stop telling us what to think. That's why. Stacy, you don't understand. They're trying to get you to the end of a different book. They want ah. you to love Big Brother. It's not going to happen, I'm afraid. Uh, well, that's because words have meanings, uh, with, uh, and they have more meanings than are allowed in the 11th uh, edition of the Newspeak Dictionary. Uh, mm. For example, uh, Stacy wrote uh, in a, uh, a, a post at the... A spectator that has to do uh, with crazy people and the dangerousness oh. of them. He said, words have meanings, however, and quote, phobia denotes an irrational fear. The people who accuse you of harboring a phobia in regard to gay or transgender people or anything else uh, <clears throat> is claiming uh, the authority to make psychiatric diagnosis. The Obvious question is, what are their credentials to make such a diagnosis? As a critic or opponent of the an LGBTQIA2S plus uh, <laughs> social agenda, do you really fear or hate people based on their sexual preferences? No. And whatever your beliefs or opinions may be, are they really irrational? Uh, no. And I, 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 I then t I suggested that people read your whole article, but we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but before I turn it over to you, Stacey, I really want to remind people that it may be that the problem is too many people are suffering from canonicophobia, which is the fear <laughs> of normal stuff. That but does it, seem to be a kind of a prominent fear these days. Yes, so, I, so, I, so keep us staying sane, Stacey. Yeah, the headline on my column this week at the American Spectator is not the one I wrote. Okay. <laughs> Melissa McKenzie, who is our publisher, uh, I, I was just going to call Is that it, what Melissa's doing now? I've lost track. Yes, oh, yes, cool. yes. Melissa is uh, the publisher of the American Spectator. Uh, mm. <laughs> was reading it over and said, I said, I'm going to change your headline. My original headline was simply crazy people are dangerous. I <laughs> said, that's, I'm sorry, but that's horrible for SEO. <laughs> and I'm uh, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are we publishing clickbait now? But the, yes. the headline is 
what had been originally the subhead staying sane in the era of rainbow flag um, totalitarianism. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, <laughs> this madness is everywhere, including the White House, which saw fit mm -hmm. to celebrate Pride Month by inviting a transgender social media personality, Rose Montoya, to an event where Rose exposed his, her, surgically enhanced breast on the South Lawn. When this stunt provoked <sighs> widespread criticism, the Biden administration quickly issued a statement condemning Montoya's, quote, inappropriate and disrespectful behavior, promising that Montoya would, quote, not be invited to future events. Unspoken was the question every sane person must have been asking, who in the administration thought this event, with its guest list of assorted weirdos, was a good idea to begin with? And I'm, I talk about the 70s, back in the 70s when gay was kind of a synonym for hedonism instead mm -hmm. of uh, identity politics. And um, and uh, I, I I will hope that all our listeners um, uh, will read this. And I said, amid this seemingly endless political crusade, one notices a certain clown car quality to the LGBTQ coalition, which mm. attracts a lot of people who are daft, demented, deranged, bonkers, berserk off their rockers, nuttier than a Snickers bar, a few fries short of a Happy Meal, and cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I bet they want us to believe that it takes a village to raise a child. Ah. And Pinky today uh, said, but if a village raises ch our children, will they be village people? <laughs> Probably at this rate we're going. Anyways, but I... I, I uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I hope that everyone will go to spectator.org and read my column. Uh, but I uh, list some of the cases, uh, recent cases of these crazies becoming <laughs> dangerous, including Nashville shooter Audrey Hale, uh, Ellen Page, uh, uh, well, who is now Elliot Page and was hearing voices, and uh, Michael... Nora Horowitz, uh, who murdered his her father, allegedly, mm -hmm. by stabbing him to death in their $2 million home in Virginia Beach. Okay, a drag queen who performed in Seattle under the I name Nora Horowitz, a, uh, was actually, a, what was, Menora Horowitz was a, the world's leading Anne Frank impersonator. Ouch! I got nothing. I got nothing. Anyways, but I hear the boogie-woogie music in the background, which tells me it's time uh, the program comes to the end. Thank you for joining us, Diana. I'm always happy to do so. And we'll see you both next week, and we're Let's out of here. here. Good night, all. Good night. I'm gonna go
Thank <laughs> you. 